Welcome to Research Rebuttal Podcast. It's the podcast where two stubborn friends prove each other wrong. Each week, one of us will be the researcher and one of us will be the guesser. I'm Rachel Teichman, and this is Paige Dempster. Hi. And today, we're going to talk about taxes and jellyfish. Paige will be your researcher today, and I'll be the guesser. Let's get rebutted. Hello. Hello? No, stop it. We're not doing that anymore. (laughs) We're talking about taxes like adults. Oh, okay. I don't know why. I wanted to do like a slightly topical episode because tax day is tomorrow. And the thing is, I don't know a lot about taxes. So this was a learning experience for me. I think it's going to be a learning experience for me, too. Yeah, and also I apologize in advance to our uh, international listeners because this is a very Western slash United States perspective on taxes. Yeah. So you might not know what's going on for a little bit. Anyway, why are taxes important? Well, because they ideally go to fund different programs to help people and pay for roads and schools and healthcare if we were in some other country. That kind of stuff. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Ideally, they're how we pay for like public projects and programs like bridges and highways and schools with good infrastructure. Yeah. Infrastructure. Oh, I can't pronounce anything. So, yeah, even though paying them is like a pain in the butt, it is hopefully going to a good cause. When did taxes become a thing in general and which group of people did it? like in the world yeah um i think taxes originated in uh like roman times right time to get rebutted okay you also seem to go to romans like as the default for like when something started i will say or like was it greece i don't i like i've definitely you're getting you're getting closer yeah i've known this before um a little a little further back Further, like in time, yeah, further back from Greece, one more civilization. Uh, come on, come on. <laughs> oh, 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 was it the um, uh, if you the, can't pronounce the Medici's, it, that's, no, that's that's Renaissance, <laughs> it's further back from Greece, from uh, ancient Greece, uh, medieval. No, that's forward. Um, <laughs> Come on. Uh, Mesolithic. Do you, a, do you need a hint? I do. Old Testament. Babylon. No. Oh. <laughs> that's, too, that's too far. I'm Torah. Yeah, yeah, Torah is the same as Old yeah, Testament. Yeah, I know, but I thought maybe you might not have known that for a sec. <laughs> it's Egypt. Ancient oh, Egypt. Oh, 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 okay. Yeah, and in fact, like, there are, well, I'll get into it in a sec, but yeah, 3000 BCE, ancient Egypt, wow. the Egyptians, yeah, they enforced two different kinds of taxes, the corvée and the tip. Tip was taking one-fifth of a farmer's crop and giving it to the pharaoh, and the corvée was forcing people who couldn't afford taxes to work anyway. Oh, fun. And that was actually recorded 
in the Torah slash the Old Testament. It's part of the reason we know about that. Huh. Yeah, fun stuff. I could uh, I could imagine a lot of anti-Semitism coming from this. Oh, probably, yeah. Yeah. What was tax collection like in ye old times, as in, like, medieval Europe? Um, so, like, this is where the anti-Semitism comes in. Um, although this might have happened in America, I'm not sure. So what I know is that um, people who had power would force the Jews to walk around and collect taxes and debts. I did not see any of that in my research. Okay. We might be talking about a totally different time period and location in the world. So perhaps. Yeah. But the point is we're not going to get anti-Semitic right now. (laughs) Um, According to like the few articles that I skimmed, it was a lot more annoying to pay taxes than it is right now. And that is actually very hard to believe. <laughs> so <laughs> I filled out my taxes by myself this year. It was a pain in the butt. I bet. Actually, my mommy helped me, but it was still annoying. Are you going to get anything back? No, they took a lot of money from me and I was not happy. <laughs> Oof. Because I lived in New Jersey and Massachusetts last year. So they yoinked two state taxes from me that sucks yeah but at least i don't have to worry about that now i didn't realize that was a thing as a college student because i it's because i lived in massachusetts for eight months last year right it's the same reason they got me for jury duty that one time (laughs) so yeah i just didn't realize from a tax perspective it worked like that like as a college student i didn't either but regardless they now have four hundred dollars that are mine I'm so sorry. But maybe it will go to a bridge or something. (laughs) Anyway, in medieval Europe specifically, the taxes would go up and down all the time, like without warning. And if there, God forbid, was a war going on, the taxes would suddenly like skyrocket. Yeah. Correct. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So typically, the lord of the land, a.k.a. the landlord, would wow. come around, yeah, that's where that comes from, I guess. Would come around twice a year to collect taxes, and you would have to hope that either they were merciful with how much they make you pay, or hope that the candidates forgot to collect from you specifically, which did apparently happen. And as far as payment goes, it kind of depended on what kingdom you lived in. So, like in some places, you had to pay with actual money, and then in some places, you could pay with like animals or something. Huh. Yeah. So give them like a cow and a sheep and call it a day. Huh. Yeah. What if you didn't pay your taxes in yield times? Uh, probably get your head chopped off. That was one of them. Yeah. Yeah. Usually, usually you didn't get to that point, but it's like the worst, like the worst thing that would probably happen is you get thrown off your land and or lose the protection of your landlord. Oh. Which meant. Yeah, you could get raided and and or killed. Um, they could also throw you into prison. So that was good incentive to keep people paying their taxes, even though they were steep. Mm-hmm. Not the best of times. Let's jump forward a few hundred years, I guess, and get to the United States. All right. What's the difference between state and federal tax? 
Well, okay. So states can set their own tax rates um, for different things and infrastructure. And then for federal, it's like the country decides on rates for certain things. Essentially, yeah. Federal tax is the same rate for everyone, no matter what state you live or work in. And yeah, state tax will vary from state to state. Also, federal tax trumps state tax laws, meaning state tax laws can't negate federal tax laws, but federal tax laws can negate state tax laws. Interesting. I would have thought it was the other way around. No, I think in America, federal always trumps state. Yeah, and then that's like, that's a whole other topic we could get into, but I don't want to research. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Which states do not have a state tax? There are seven of them. Oh, um, okay. Um, Alaska? Mm -hmm. Is that one of them? Yes, it is. Hawaii? Uh Uh-huh. Texas? Uh Uh-huh. Um... Well, wait, what kind of taxes is again? Uh, do not have state income taxes. Income taxes. Okay. Um, Alabama. Okay. West Virginia. Okay. Oregon. Okay. And Florida. You got three of them. Okay. They were Alaska, Florida, and Texas. Ah, then the other four are Nevada or Nevada. I'm sorry for all you Nevadans out there. Nevada, South Dakota, Washington, and Wyoming. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, just because they don't have state income tax, though, doesn't mean like they can't tax you like for other things like right. they might. So, for example, you still might be charged a state tax if you get like an inheritance or like you sell property or something like that. Mm-hmm. Taxes are everywhere. Taxes are everywhere. This is one of the two things you cannot avoid in life. It's true. In the United States, what state has the highest tax burden? Could it be New Jersey? You're very close. New York? Yeah. Yeah. It's New, yep, yep. New York at 12.79%. Yeah. Yep. Yep. (laughs) Don't I know it? (laughs) Don't, Don't I know it? Oh, yeah. And then what state has the lowest tax burden? I'm going to say New Mexico. It is Alaska. Oh. At 5.1%. Ah, yes. Trump country. Uh, (laughs) uh, Yes. Oh, how funny it would be like if you moved from Florida to Alaska. (laughs) I guess. He's just like unnaturally tan. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. Okay, what is tax day and when is it usually? Tax day? Isn't it usually like April 15th? Yeah, it is. Okay. And like, do you know why we have tax day? Um, Because you have to set a due date or else nobody's going to do them. Kind of. And it has to do with the fiscal year. Yeah, that part's that much is true. Yeah. So it's just the day. Yeah, it's basically a due date. It's usually on April 15th, but it can be moved around if it conflicts with like a weekend or a holiday or a global pandemic, etc. You can also get extensions. We will get into that, my friend. Okay. <laughs> Which, okay. 
This year, tax day is on May 17th. So if you're listening to that, the day this comes out, um, I think that might be the day. <laughs> I'm not sure. Let's yep. see. Pull up comes the handy out. dandy calendar. It comes this day. Oh, you're right. Episode comes out on May 17th. So I hope you're okay, American listeners, wherever you are. Oh, and state cat state taxes can be due on different days that aren't tax day, but like it the federal tax deadline will always be on tax day. Oh, okay. When did tax day become a thing in the United States? Uh 1776. No. 1890. Closer. Later or before? Later. Later. Okay. Um 1926. Very close. 1913. Okay. Um, and it's because of like the 16th Amendment, which basically says the government can tax people for their incomes and yada, yada, yada. And because of like a particular course court case where it was like someone was being unfairly taxed or I don't know. I, I don't know. I just skimmed the article. Okay. I was starting to get bored about board of taxes at this point. I don't blame you. What is tax evasion? Tax evasion is when you use different tactics to avoid paying taxes. Very close. It's yes, avoiding taxes and you're doing it illegally. Yes. Yeah. Tax avoidance is when you're doing all that wumbo jumbo, but you're doing it legally. Yeah. And don't do tax evasion because you can get in a lot of trouble for that. Yeah. The IRS is going to come for your butt. Oh, yeah. They're coming for all of your loins, not just your butt. What happens if you don't pay your taxes? eventually the IRS is going to figure it out and come for you. Okay. But like, that's, that's if you do it willfully, what, what happens if you do it accidentally? The IRS is still going to come for you and they're going to give you a big bill. Yeah. So first of all, if you miss the deadline by accident, it's okay. Don't panic. You can request an extension. And like the IRS has like a free file tool you can use to get your extension and it can buy you like an extra six months of time. Um, That being said, if you do miss the deadline and you don't file for an extension, you can get a failure to pay penalty, which costs 5% of the unpaid taxes per month. Oh, no. Yeah. But it and it stops at 25%. So five months. Oh, no. Yeah. So it basically just means you're going to have to pay more money for something that you might have already not really had the money for in the first place. Right. Which I think is very flawed. Yes. Yeah. But if you're having trouble paying, uh, I put a link in the sources. You, If you're having like financial hardships, there's a, spe- there's a special extension you can apply for. And they'll help you out with that. So this is what social work looks like. Yeah, this is definitely more of Rachel's domain than mine. (laughs) Me, the lowly graphic designer that didn't actually know taxes existed until I was 19. (laughs) (laughs) It's time for a word from our sponsor. Are you sick of the IRS coming through your butt? Are you sick of giving money to the man? Is your infrastructure just not being built? Then you need the IRS away. Shaped to look like a fire extinguisher, it is always at the ready. Inconspicuous, blends in. And then, when the IRS is at your door, simply pick up the IRS away, point the nozzle, and be prepared to blow them away with your receipts. 
Get the IRS off your back. Call 1-888-IRS-AWAY. Brought to you by the American Citrus Council. Welcome back. Hello. Are you ready for your redemption? 20,000. You didn't even let me do the thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, do the thing. It's time for rapid fire. All right. We already, we already know how this works. I'm going to give Rachel one minute, answer as many questions as possible. If you hear this noise, she got it right. If you hear this noise, she got it wrong. I hope you get this one wrong for interrupting me. How many towns are in the United States? 20,000. When was the Ferris wheel invented? 1874. What's inside of a golf ball? Foam. Like rubber. Many- oh. How many raindrops fall in the average storm? A million sixty. What's the difference between poop and guano? I don't know. What continent is Greenland part of? Antarctica. <laughs> George Washington. Europe. It's part ha- of Europe. It's part of Europe. <laughs> Does George Washington have any kids? I don't think so. What does the G and G string stand for? In G strength? Yeah. Green. How big are the Himalayas? A hundred square miles. Can you use earwax to make a candle? Yeah. We're out of time. Um, So we're going to talk about jellyfish now. Okay. I know a lot more about jellyfish than I do taxes. So maybe this will be a little easier on my brain. So how old are jellyfish, like, evolutionarily? They're ancient. They're, like, one of the first beings. Uh, Yeah, but, like, give me, try to give me a number. Oh, my God. You know how I am with numbers. I'll give you a hint. It's under a billion. Uh, okay. Um, a hundred million. Five hundred million. Okay. Like you said, they're old. They're actually the oldest multicellular cellular organism on Earth. Yeah, like I said, it was one of the first. They were the first. Yeah. How many jellyfish are there, like species? Oh, um, seven. Please. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> like a wide range for this one i was like oh she has to get this one right i have no idea there's a lot of jellyfish discourse out there i'll have (laughs) you know (laughs) therefore Uh therefore and like i checked a few articles i couldn't get an exact number it's somewhere between 200 and 300,000. Oh my god like 200 total and then 300,000. oh wow okay so you really had like a wide gap to guess. <laughs> I said seven. <laughs> what animal species has what animal has like seven different species in it? Well, didn't we do something recently where it was like shockingly few? Pu- puffins had three or four, depending on how you look yeah, at all it. Yeah, right. And that, and that played to you because you always guess low. 
<laughs> seven and then what did you say pikachu was in the pokedex <laughs> listen listen that was like during uh, rapid fire and what happens during rapid fire is not indicative of my logic or knowledge it absolutely is indicative of your logic to me <laughs> I <laughs> because panic. it's what it's what your brain immediately goes to <laughs> i panic <laughs> panic logic is not the same as calm logic uh, fine i'll take your word for it so there are between 200 total and 300,000 actual species of jellyfish. Okay. How, but how many jellyfish species can actually kill you if they sting you? Um, between um, 20 and 69. Yeah, 50. Wow. Maybe we should start doing like ranges instead of exact numbers. <laughs> Seem to fare better at that. It's 50, and I think most of them are different types of box jellyfish. Oh. Yeah. So describe I have been stung me. by a jellyfish. Oh, really? Really? How'd that go? Um, it's not fun. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, it's um it's really, really difficult to describe, like to like if you've never had that happen. Um, but basically, like I it's like you at first you feel something brush up against you like in my case it was my leg like my ankle Mm -hmm. and I felt something brush up against me and then all of a sudden it started like like burning like it started like stinging like it it was like getting really bad um and like I think what's so dangerous about that is like you're in the ocean and like you could start panicking and that is not a good place to start panicking yeah and the reason I knew what was going on and I didn't panic was because like not even five minutes before a lady who was near me, like I heard her start crying and freaking out because she got stung. Oh God. But then I stayed in the water anyway. And then I also got stung. And so I was like, oh, okay. Jellyfish time. <laughs> and like it hurt, but I was able to like calmly make my way out. Was it, did you get stung in the Jersey shore or like South Carolina? It was South Carolina. Okay. Because Part of the reason that, like, I don't really go in the ocean anymore is just I'm terrified of, like, what's under the water, yeah. be it sand or crustacean or jellyfish. And Jersey Shore gets a lot of jellyfish. I don't know I, if anyone knew that. I've only really seen them and experienced them in South Carolina. And, it like, I know that if there's, like, a lot of them in a given area, it's because, like, the water quality has shifted and not in a good way. Yeah, shore water ain't that good. So there's a lot down there. Yeah. But yeah, it's, I don't, I've never been stung by a jellyfish. I'd like to keep it that way. Therefore, I'm going into the water up to my knees and that is it. Yeah, it, it does hurt. Like, and it stays hurting for like a good while. Yeah. Also, riptides are a thing, which are scary. So I would like to not experience one of those. That's fair. Yeah. Describe to me the anatomy of a jellyfish. Okay, well, uh, you got some tentacles, right? Yep. You got the stinger boys. Yeah. Um, You have, like, the body, which also has, like, the head and, like, the eyes. I don't know if jellyfish have eyes, but I imagine they do. Sometimes. Um, Yeah, sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I jellyfish don't have brains, do they? Nope. Yeah, no, I know they can, like, some jellyfish can, like, live forever. 
the immortal jellyfish yes at lobsters too oh i don't know much about the lobster one yeah lobsters like under the right circumstances can live like indefinitely oh do they do it in the same way that the jellyfish does it i don't know Okay, because I don't know about the lobster one. I know a little bit about the jellyfish one, but I didn't put any questions in about it. I just know it because I watch too many documentaries. Yeah. So hang on. So I hope I get this right. A jelly, there are some jellyfish that can live forever because they'll like they'll be an adult and then they'll sustain an injury or something. Then they'll go, they can like reverse evolve back into a polyp, which is like the baby stage. Oh wow. And they can just keep go doing that back and forth forever. <laughs> That's fascinating. Yeah, so they basically don't age. I hope I got that right. Um, if not, feel free to email us and yell at me. Research Rebuttal Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, first of all, there's two different types of jellyfish. There's the cone jellyfish and the medusa jellyfish, but we're only going to talk about medusa jellyfish because they're the only true jellyfish. I see. You got, you got that? Okay. I got that. So not only do they not have brains, they don't have bones, hearts, blood, or lungs. And instead they have like a network of nerves running just under the skin. And that like acts as their like pseudo brain, basically. It reacts to movement in the currents so they can move around and whatnot. Do they feel pain? We're going to get into that. Okay. Uh, the big squishy part is called the bell, and then varying from species to species, they have whatever amount of tentacles. I always got really excited in South Carolina when I'd be walking on the beach and I would see a gigantic jellyfish that washed up. Yeah, it's like from a distance, it's like, well, big squishy boy. Yeah. It's like, I want to touch it, but I'm not going to. Exactly. How much of a jellyfish is water and how much of a jellyfish is jellyfish? Um, I would say jellyfish are like 95% water. Yeah, they're made up of between 85 and 98% water. According to cbc.ca, if they wash up on the beach, if you leave them there, they'll pretty much just evaporate away. That is fascinating. <laughs> yeah, right? Because it's like, you've seen those days when there's just like hundreds of jellyfish on the beach, but you yeah. never wonder what happens to them. That's true. Yeah, they just, because there's so much water huh they the water evaporates and then the rest of them just becomes part of the sand i guess all right circle of life yeah circle of life baby what do jellyfish eat um like phytoplankton's yeah can you think of anything else um maybe like microscopic shellfish yeah that's another one so Um, yeah so microscopic plants like that kind of thing yeah microscopic crustaceans zooplankton phytoplankton then fish eggs and like small fish if they can get their tentacles upon them oh and there are some jellyfish that eat other jellyfish so you're telling me that jellyfish are um omnivorous they don't well i guess i don't know does the phytoplankton count as animals or plants i don't know i think they count as animals oh maybe oh man biology was such a long time ago i don't remember yeah, I if went I to school that specializes in marine biology, but like I didn't study that. <laughs> I did find a shark tooth on the ground one time, though. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it was really cool. I kept it. Like at the beach or like on campus? On campus. <laughs> really? Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. Uh, 
It's like a marine biologist while on their way to class, they accidentally drop their their homework. Oh yeah, you would like yeah, you would regularly see people in like dive suits. Oh really? Yeah, like getting ready to like go like study. Stuff like that kind of makes me sometimes wish I went to a bigger college. Um, it, I mean, it was interesting to see, but like, unless you're actually in the program, you don't get to experience it. Like where I went to school, like they own an island specifically for scientific research purposes. Oh, that is wild. Yeah. I always wanted to go to that island and I never had the opportunity, but if I had studied marine biology, like I, I could have. You went into the wrong field. <laughs> I did. I did. It's like, basically like there are people who go to that school and minor in marine biology but major in like literally anything else that's so funny you should have done that <laughs> I, I, I I considered it honestly oh my god I, yeah um, but baby's not good at the lab sciences so yeah but maybe baby could get into a dive suit yeah I wanted to okay so jellyfish like sometimes they cannibalize and they also have one hole that they eat and poop out of which is always fun yeah, that is always fun. Yeah. How do jellyfish reproduce? Mitosis. Close. Phytosis. No. Tritosis. Yeah. <laughs> you got the right idea. Yeah, like like they're multi-celled barely. Mm-hmm. And so like they split off and make little baby jellyfish. Oh, are do they lay eggs? There are two ways that they do it. One is like one jellyfish will shoot a cloud of sperm and the other one will shoot a cloud of eggs and they'll just end up fertilizing each other and turning into something called a planula, which is basically a jellyfish larva. Oh, they call it larva. Gross. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh, okay. (laughs) Not a baby jellyfish larva. The second way is when the planula grows up into a little baby polyp and the polyp will stick to a rock or something and then... They'll clone themselves and reproduce asexually like that. Oh, I love it. Yep. So that's probably how they lasted so long. They they, they reproduce in multiple ways. In my next uh, role-playing campaign, I'm going to play a person who, or a character who is half jellyfish, half human. Is that even a species in D&D? Well, we're not talking about strict D&D here, so I can do whatever I want. All right. I would love to hear how that goes. How's yes, I'm very your, excited. How's your bunny ranger doing? Wow. So <laughs> she almost died recently. And like, oh, no. <laughs> like, shockingly, she survived. And uh, uh, you'll be able to hear that episode at a later time when that other podcast is released. But it's not on the air yet. Oh, uh, well, hope we didn't accidentally spoil anything crucial. No, no. Okay. I really want to like get into D&D or something like that. And we were going to, but then like stuff happened. It's like, I just want to find like a nice group of people to play it with that are like, okay, that it's baby's first time. I hear you. I just, I just want to play a ranger and just have a herd of animals following me. Is that too much to ask? It is not. Okay. Thank you. What do you do if a jellyfish stings you? I would love to hear what you did and see if you've got it right. Okay, well, first of all, you should not pee on it. That's what not Thank to do. Thank you. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> um, I didn't really have a lot of supplies with me. Like I had a beach towel and uh, some sunscreen and like a bottle of water. 
um, mm-hmm. and that was about it. So mm-hmm. I didn't really do anything. I think my friend at the time told me to put sand on it, which I don't think you're really supposed to do, but like, I no, <laughs> I tried it. It didn't really work. Um, I tried putting seawater on it. That didn't really help. I tried putting a little bit of my fresh water on it again. That didn't really help. I think if anything, that probably spread it. Um, I don't remember what you're supposed to do. Oh, are you supposed to put baking soda on it or something? That's surprisingly close. Yeah, I know I've known about this before. Yeah. Okay, so the first thing to do when it's jellyfish stings on you, obviously get out of the water. Yeah, do not panic. Yeah, don't panic. Just get out of the water. It's not comfortable. It hurts. I know. But like, do not panic. Yeah, that's how you drown. Yeah, you could literally die. So you beat yourself like the beautiful whale that you are. Specifically, put salt water on it. Don't do fresh water. The fresh water actually makes it worse by spreading it, like you Mm -hmm, said. mm -hmm. If you only have fresh water, if possible, try and heat it to, I think the article said up to 113 degrees Fahrenheit. If you can't heat it, then don't bother because it's just going to make it worse. Um, Don't like press and press or rub because that'll just like move the stingers around you're just you want to pat pat that seawater on you and then if it's available use anything acidic best case scenario is to use vinegar mm-hmm. the vinegar will neutralize the jellyfish venom and again don't pee on it because all the gobbledygook in your pee will make it worse yeah as we learned in a previous episode pee is in fact not sterile I like that we're able to plug our past episodes now. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I I definitely did try the seawater thing. It didn't it didn't help, but um, no, but it's better than fresh water. Yeah. And lastly, do jellyfish feel pain? Well, okay, so they don't have brains, and my immediate <laughs> reaction is like, no, they don't feel pain. But at the same time, like you said, that they're made up of a network of a nervous system, and So that leads me to believe that, like, they do feel pain or at least, like, they can recognize that they are hurt slash injured. And I imagine that that's not comfortable. So I'm going to say, yes, they do feel pain, but it might they might not perceive it in the same way that we do. Okay, so I don't know if you remember this. I think, I don't remember what episode it was, but we were talking about, like, say for, say, if you mortally injured a bumblebee. Oh, yeah, I remember this. <laughs> Should you kill it? Because what if it feels pain? Right. It's the same principle. Because jellyfish don't have brains, they technically don't feel pain. Therefore, if you're just in the kitchen at night getting a cup of water and you accidentally step on a jellyfish and you mortally injure it, you should just put it out of its misery. <laughs> I have to agree can- with you. Because it can no longer serve its purpose of reproducing and let it release, trying to nurse it back to health and releasing it into the wild would only be detrimental to it because it no longer has a purpose. Oh. So you should put it out of its misery. Oh, no. You should shoot the belly, the jellyfish in the bell and throw it in the garbage. Can we apply this uh, moral, this ethic to humans? We don't have time for that in this episode. That's all I have. Oh, okay. Well, thank you for listening to this episode of Research Rebuttal Podcast. You can find us on social media on Twitter at Research Rebut and on Instagram and Facebook at Research Rebuttal Podcast. 
Um, you can email us topic suggestions at research rebuttal podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and let us know, uh, how do you know? Um, I would like to know if we step on you in the kitchen at night and mortally injure you, would you like us to finish the job and throw you in the garbage or try to nurse you back to health and release you into the wild? Yeah, I want to know that too. And I also want to know, like, have you ever paid taxes to something and then like actually saw the fruits of the infrastructure? Like, did you know that you were directly putting your money into something and then you actually saw it happen? International listeners, I once again want to apologize if you had no idea what was going on in the first half of this episode. I kind of needed to do that episode more for myself so I would understand what was going on and where my $400 went. Uh, Yeah. Um, And American Citrus Council, you are behind in your taxes. Please give us your money. We are the IRS now. We are the IRS now. We are coming for your loins. Yes, we are. Okay, bye. Bye.